What's up? Welcome to episode 58 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today is my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What's up? And on the couch today is producer Jim Viscardi. What's up? And we had a whole show planned for you guys uh, <laughs> right as we walked in here, but uh, as soon as we stepped into the booth, a whole bunch of stuff just happened that kind of forced us to rethink everything. And so we got a whole new show for you today. Yay! So, what happened? To you would have loved pause? the old show. Yes, now. you would have. Really the old show would have, would have been great, but this one's definitely going to be better. That's, I mean, that's, there's no possible way that could be true. <laughs> this, one, this one is definitely going to be better. I mean, the logic doesn't even follow. We had a great show, but we scrapped it for this other stuff we're about to talk about. Now, right. we had a, a kind of show just pieced together of things. We had plenty to talk about because this is, this is uh, Comic Book Nation. We always have stuff to talk about. But there's some big breaking news stuff happened, which we have got to deal with. Since we started to come in here, Sony and Disney have broken up over Spider-Man. <laughs> We're getting another Matrix movie confirmed with the original stars back. And we just didn't even know this all happened in like a 10-minute span. And we had to reformat the whole show, but here we are. So we're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about what the future of Spider-Man looks like at the movies. What this new Matrix movie is going to be about. We also have a new James Bond title that we have got to discuss. What the future is for Arrow, Stephen Amell. What's new in comics this week. Man, we got a lot to get to. Can't so wait. be sure to stay tuned for because when we come back, this news flash is going down. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, so now that we're back, it's time for this newsflash to go down, as promised. Oh, um, we're going to start right at the top with the uh, big thing. I think we're going to save Spider-Man for our deep dive section later on because there's a lot to talk about there, but let's talk about The Matrix. So we've been hearing rumblings of a Matrix 4 forever. I mean, since The Matrix 3 came out. A Matrix 4, a Matrix reboot, you know, what it, whatever it could be. We've heard everything from like Michael B. Jordan's gonna be in it to <laughs> oh god, you know, I about like that. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of crazy Look, stuff. Look, the Keanu Sans is real. Yeah, I mean, but Keanu Reeves is kind of having this resurgence. So what we found out is we're getting the Matrix Four. It's confirmed. Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, who played Neo and Trinity in the original trilogy, are both signed on to return, and Lana Wachowski is coming back. One half of the Wachowski. Uh, directing team from the original trilogy is coming back. That's what we've gotten so far as of walking in here. So that raises a lot of questions. Um, not so much the Lana Wachowski part. Uh, I think Lana was a lot more heavily involved in doing things like Sense8 mm -hmm. and kind of um, stuff like that. And so that's not a surprise there. Uh, Lana's been really working to mix kind of social commentary and, you know, specific themes with, you know, sci-fi and action and all that stuff. That's kind of the signature. 
So I'm not surprised about that, but Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss coming back is somewhat of a big surprise, given where we left their characters, which were yeah. dead as AF in the Matrix Revolutions. And this makes this like really kind of a direct sequel, right? Like this is yeah. now the, I mean, we can say this is pretty much until we know, unless something happens when we learn more, like this is one of those passing of the torch movies. This sounds like a direct sequel. Like it's going to be. Like you same. have to deal with. The, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Exactly. Part of me kind of wonders if like they themselves have been integrated into the grand AI of it all. And like their roles in this may just be through, you know, training you know, like protocol. Yeah, like mentors and things like that, that they're not actually physical things. Um, but it, it's just so crazy because this is, they're now 20 years older from when yeah. they started this thing. And you know, Warner Bros. like, well, we got that franchise. We've got to, you know, let's fire it back up. But I think, I, I think given everything that has gone on with, the, the the idea of AI and just technology in general, I'm super excited to see how they translate what everything today is like in, you know, through that matrix lens. Yeah. Well, if I've learned anything from Jumanji, this will just be like them going to matrix, except now Carrie Ann Moss is playing Neo and <laughs> Neo is playing Carrie Ann Moss and they just swim, simply switch roles in the whole thing. But um, yeah, I mean, that's the big question. Uh, the Matrix was came out at the 2000s and then kind of reflected all our Y2K fears mm -hmm. about machines taking over. And this is the kind of one of those franchises that has the same kind of difficult task in front of it like Terminator does. Yes. Uh, all these Y2K movies because like we were fearing like machines rising up, getting too intelligent, killing us. And then it's like now we just all, you know, gave up our souls to machines and staring phones all day and don't know how to have like real human experiences anymore. So they didn't even have to take over. We were just like, no, we'll surrender. It's all good. And so, like, how do you translate that into, like, a yeah. new kind of metaphor for these things? Um, Trey, like, it's funny actually bring that up because I felt like the original Matrix was, like, a warning. And we as a society have just been like, ah, it's just a movie. And now we're like... Well, you know, but I don't if wanna, the new one does, <laughs> I don't want to darken your intellect, but they, we do that with most great pieces of literature, no, religion, I understand. movies, yeah. stories. But you like, know. if the movie takes that very meta mm -hmm. look at that, yeah, that could be very interesting and to this, go. By the way, we gave you the warning; you <laughs> failed. Or <laughs> here's, <laughs> here's or what. if people started just rejecting this future world and opting to like cipher, like mm -hmm. in the, in the original Matrix was a kind of subplot that is more relevant today mm -hmm. than it was in the original movie. It was just like a betrayal. Cypher betrays them because he doesn't want to wake up, and so he wants to go back to sleep in the Matrix. But what if that became like a grand theme as a reflection of you know how we are today? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where people were like, nope, put me in the Matrix. Like, I want to have superpowers. I want to be a superhero. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to live in a real life. Like, what happens then? Um, hopefully it's not a Luke Skywalker thing where Neo is just some grizzled out old man who's just like, <laughs> I did all this. And like, uh, but, uh, and hopefully Jada Pinkett's back because, uh, you and me talked about that. Living in the we need our Enter there. the Matrix. Ghost. I need Ghost. Enter the Matrix 2. <laughs> video game. That was so good. So we gotta wait and see what's going on with this, but it's confirmed, ladies and gentlemen, the Matrix is coming back. Uh, will we all be here by the so time does it does? this mean I get, if we're on this keanu thing, does that mean I get a lake house too? Look, I, I mean, put it past Lake anything. House 2, maybe. The world's ready for it. Chain reactions. Sa Sandra, Bullock. Sandra Bullock is definitely ready for it, so, like, you never know. I hearted that movie. Move moving right along. So, Matrix wasn't all, the only franchise return that we got. James Bond 25 is coming back. It's coming down the pike. And we got 
the official title for it, which is No Time to Die. Uh, yay. yay. So it's actually so it's actually very funny because now I'm, I'm actually going to pull it up right now. The press release it, that got sent out by MGM actually had a different uh, title in the first uh, line of their. Oh gosh, uh, did they really? Yeah, where I think I, I'm almost positive it said a day to die, um, uh, but should have been it, a little it, too close. Either to way, die another day. But, but but either way, like I. I kind of like this title. I, I love the logo treatment, but it, it's weird because this movie is in such a a, a, un, a weird spot. It's, it's the 25th movie, and the last two were meh received, and you know this is probably going to be Craig's last one, so you're like, do they... Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean the last two were meh received? Uh, Spectre was man received, but Skyfall was before Spectre and was like yeah. Skyfall's not considered. Did people yeah. like Skyfall? Yeah, yeah. it's considered. Oh, I don't really like Skyfall. I mean, every I feel like it's pretty even to say that Casino Royale is the one is the best the Craig era that is like held up here. But right. Skyfall, Skyfall was number right. Two. Yeah, yeah, it was number two. Yeah, all right. No, I mean, that's how it's really viewed. Like, I didn't really like it, but okay, fine, fair enough. Uh, but it's it's really curious. Like, is this a passing of the torch movie? Is this just are they just going to treat this like any other Bond movie and then Bond twenty six? If we get a new Bond, we'll just pick up like Casino picked up. I thought it was a done deal that he... Like, it took them to move heaven and earth to get him back for this. Like, I thought this was done. Like, this is it, his last outing, and then they're going to figure out what's next for the franchise, which I'm actually ready for. Right. I don't really well, like movies there, there's that rumor. That there's that rumor movie. that Lashana Lynch is technically playing Bond in this movie, and I think the idea is that uh, Bond is off, you know, in retirement, and the co like his code name or whatnot has just been passed on and then when Bond comes back he gets to be Bond again. But like but again it's like it's one of those things where it looks the 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 Craig era of Bond movies have been building this ongoing narrative which has not happened in any like traditionally yeah. in any of the other Bond films where they all have kind of been their own individual little pieces. And so will will this end the like this chapter and then we'll just basically start New or like that? That's what has me curious about this. But can we say that it's not film. a particularly entertaining? Yeah, I mean, story. Uh, well, that's what I mean. Wrong. You're going I get, deep on something that I'm still like sitting here. Like, I get I that it care? is an overarching narrative, but it's not a particularly great one because I mean, if you asked me to point out like three things about the overall plot, I would go, <laughs> <laughs> like it's pretty. I, mean, I hope they just do something. Just keep it simple. It's a Bond movie. Just like poison him and give him a race against the clock, and he can't die. Or something. And then I want this to be like it's time for a new era. I'm good. Yeah, and Daniel just, Craig put a bow and let's move forward. Yeah. So that's it. We're going to retire Bond as soon as we get the chance. Moving right along, though, let's talk about Arrow. Arrow's coming to an end. And what's going to happen to Stephen Amell? We've been talking about that. You know, what's going to happen to him after that show's over? The show that basically kind of solidified his uh, stardom. And Matt, you can report on this because this should make you pretty happy because uh, Stephen Amell is going from Arrow into the world of wrestling. Yeah, what's the? I don't actually remember the name of. Are you heels. kidding me? It's called heels. It's called, it's called heels. heels. I don't remember, dude. We just got a ton of information. Excuse Look, me for I blanking. I thought you would be the happiest one. I am about though. I, I mean, I'm really because, excited like, about the description. You love heel turns and well, I'm more you love excited. Good heels in wrestling, so I'm more. Excited. All right, now I got to set this up. So since well, you just I was going to set it up. I know. <laughs> I just don't know the title. Well, you didn't tell me you were going to. Oh my stop fighting. You know, there's a song in Lion King I was singing the other night. It's called "Be Prepared." It's a very good song. It's about military might, but it, it applies to podcasting too. But anyway, 
So we're getting a show called Heels in which Stephen Amell plays somebody working for a kind of up-and-coming amateur wrestling company, yes. and he plays the heel, or which is known in wrestling terms as the kind of bad guy, the instigator. Um, so that's his role in the show. So there, take it from there, man. Well, it's okay. So yes, that is the face of it. The real thing, though, is it splits time between his in-ring persona and his role as the actual runner of the day-to-day business because independent wrestling is very, you know, like the core things are there, but it's a very different beast than the thing we see in WWE and everything. Like he's basically like Cody Rhodes. Yeah. And he's running running his promotion. He's trying to set things up and he runs it with his brother. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're kind of, it's, there was a, uh, it was recently, uh, the rock did the page movie Mm -hmm. um, that kind of was like, it was based on an actual documentary of this indie, uh, UK promotion that I feel like if this movie captures that kind of raw uh, feel and tone and those characters that you're you're in you're as invested in their like personal lives and their rivalries and their jealousies of each other and just their familiar relationships as you are with whatever they're setting up in the ring. This could be great. Like you know, now I did see the comment that the character is very much like it's about duality, right? He's He's a heel in the mm-hmm. ring, and then he's also like, you know, going to the edge and fringe of things when he's running the company. And some are like, well, so he's you're essentially playing a wrestling piece. version of Oliver Queen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, okay, hey, stick with what you know. I mean, that's what's yeah. wrong with that. If you do that well, cool. Dude, uh, I am interested in it. I go, it goes back to me in the very first podcast I ever did when Arrow was starting. And I said, the reason why I believed in Stephen Amell when that show began is he just looks like a dude who could have an elaborate like red room, Christian Grey red room in his house because he looks like he has that underlying darkness. Wow, okay. Wow, which is really dark with that. Really? Well, you know, I consider it a survival skill to avoid those (laughs) kinds of people. And after the latest season of Mindhunter, I would advise you do too. But that's all to say. So, I I, I mean, this sounds like it is his wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think he's a funny comedic actor too. Uh, I mean, from if you ever watched Mm Hong, I've said that before. But, yeah, so this is in his wheelhouse. So, I mean, this is good. Uh, Glow has been successful for Netflix, and so it's going to be interesting to see kind of what this does. Um, and this is going to be airing on Stars, um, and Stars is trying to ramp up some new series, so we'll see. All right, moving right along. Let's talk about some DC uh, TV and movie updates real quick. I mean, this was a bigger section, but now we got to keep it moving um, <laughs> because of all this stuff that happened. So we found out that Joker could be getting a sequel, which I threw in here because Todd Phillips didn't say it's definitely happening, but. He basically alluded to the fact that if this Joker movie that's coming out is popular enough and Warner Brothers is interested, he already has kind of ideas for a sequel. And if Joaquin Phoenix, and that he and Joaquin Phoenix, the way he kind of put it, have tossed around ideas for what they would do with a sequel. And if that the studio's on board and Joaquin's on board, he would definitely come back and do a sequel. What do you think yeah. defines uh, like success for a movie like Joker? Well, I mean... I, I would say the same for any business thing is high rate of profit taken in comparative to the cost. Well, right. So, I mean, so for Joker, what do you think? Uh, I have to have to, I'd have to look and see how much it costs. I was going to say, what's the budget? That's yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine it's It much. wasn't. It was very low. It was yeah. indie level budget. I know that. So, I mean, if Joker makes one $200 million, I mean, I feel like it's already sitting kind of pretty. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there And you if go. it gets some critical acclaim and they are yeah, able to parade it Warner around. Yeah, it brings Brothers and then the branding wins that it could have, like, definitely. And it's a sure bet for a sequel. Like, if you bring back Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix, like, it's it's a very low chance that the quality or the would, would diminish. But what if, it, what if it makes a bunch of money based on name, name brand alone and ends up being like a Venom? 
where it makes a bunch of money, but wasn't that great of a movie. Is Venom getting a sequel? Is Suicide Squad getting a sequel? Well, I, but, <laughs> kind but, of. But but, 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 it, but it's getting a sequel with a different director. Yeah. So okay. like, sure, Todd Phillips but wants the brand to make. Is still getting, Todd like, Phillips wants to make a sequel. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, but, yeah. But Venom's getting a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I know that. But, I, but what I'm saying is, like, you know, sure, Todd Phillips, ha- you know, wants to make a sequel. Everyone, everyone wants to make a sequel. Yeah. But if it gets a sequel, he's not cut out completely. He'll get a producer credit or yeah, something like that. So it's not like he'll be like gone forever. Mm-hmm. But like. Yeah, the reason I bring this up, though, wasn't so much about that. It's, does this defeat the purpose of this entire branch of the DC <laughs> movie thing? Wasn't, wasn't this the supposed to be the standalone? Right, like the one shot. Uncumbered by franchise stuff? Continuity. Because it's supposed to be kind of like standalone titles. I mean, I get it. You can still make a standalone franchise. I was say, yeah, I mean, what? But isn't that where we went wrong with, like, The Dark Knight? Sorry, prepare to see Joaquin Phoenix in the Batman movie. I mean, movie. see, but I don't think, I think that's the, the, step too far i don't think it like you can i always expect oh, that if these did that's well that's not a step that you don't you think no i just think that if i think we have that conversation then if they start doing well okay well this is now part of that universe and yada yada i think you then go okay well then what was the point if <laughs> it's these standalone things if they were gonna make money or be profitable you of course they were gonna do sequels like i never yeah, went in not thinking that but there is a problem like as soon as you say Joker's getting a sequel. Right. How do you do yeah. a sequel? With how Batman? do you do a sequel to that? Yeah. How do you keep telling Joker stories that eventually have nothing to do with Batman or the larger franchise and mythos? I mean, it works for an origin story because of the premise. Yeah. Like stretching it out to Joker had this long career as Joker, like is a lot harder to sustain. But taking it from the trailer, that I mean, because there's going to be some small presence of. Wayne's and stuff like that in well, sure. this movie, right? Yeah. And Bruce is a kid. If that is Bruce and the behind the gate and all that that they've shown. Yeah. It's Bruce. I, I imagine, right? So if that's Bruce, you've got years. I mean, he's a kid still. You've yeah. got years before he's doing But that. I don't think audiences it, I think it's a much harder sell to come back the second time and say, We got another standalone Joker movie for you. And again, we're not going to do any Batman again. I mean, all it takes is someone to do it right first time. I mean, look, I mean, we'll have to see if they nail it this time. I mean, they might not nail it this time. I mean, we're we're getting ahead, putting the but even so, a little bit ahead. I'm kind of with Kofi on this one. Even if they if even if they make a fantastic Joker movie, super critical claim, makes a ton of money. Yeah, I still think it's an it's a very big pill to swallow asking that audience to come back for another Joker movie. With no Batman. I really don't think it is. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's difficult. I think you'll get some, but those aren't the ones you're really courting anyway. I think you'll if you tell a good enough story, and it, it is in this little world that Todd Phillips has created, I think you can sell it if it's a good movie. I uh, think people will come. I will agree to disagree. I think it's a much... I think, I mean, I'm cool I think it being right. sells as a standalone. <laughs> I think the whole point of the standalone is a metaphor for... for is it just a snapshot metaphor of Joker as a character yep. study. Character studies don't typically get sequels. Like, it's kind of hard to do a character study sequel. Until they do. Yeah, I guess until they do. But I don't think it can be done. I don't think it's a... I think it's been a staple in storytelling for a long time for for reasons. True, but how many times have I heard in Hollywood, oh, you can't film this. Oh, you can't do this. And then it gets done. But then, then, like, the only real way I think to do that is is making Joker come off as a hero. (laughs) And I think once you do that... Then it's an incredibly slippery slope. I mean, I would agree as far as the hero thing. I don't want yeah. to see that. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I think even if, I think Joker will be successful, but I think it's, it's very hard to do a sequel without getting in, without people immediately jumping into ties to Batman and stuff like that. But 
All right, we'll see because we're we got a ways to go. Um, next up is. Titans has launched a new poster which showed off their uh, version of Deathstroke in, in a lot closer detail than we've seen. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's getting kind of trolled right now. Why is online. he going to hate I don't that? know. Um, I feel like people are stretching for this DC thing. Uh, people are kind of, I mean, it's the usual insults. That's why I'm kind of disappointed in this one. It's the lack of originality. It's like people saying, oh, he looks like cosplay. Um, seeing the Have they not seen the one on Arrow? Thank well, you. That, <laughs> well, that's what I was getting to is like, and people are stretching to the point where you have some people slamming the Titans one and then saying, no, the Arrowverse one doesn't count. And oh, those like, people are clearly dead. Yes. Yeah, and you're just like, okay, like, how are you separating one from the other? Like, Get to TV Deathstroke. <laughs> TV Deathstroke and TV Deathstroke no. looks like TV Deathstroke. I think he looks fine. Yeah, this costume looks is better than the Arrowverse costume. <laughs> I'm like, that is Deathstroke. I mean, it, it already kind of looks like the, the one that they were going to put Joe Manganiello in. Yeah. Like it looks like Deathstroke. What what did you want? Have, they not, have you seen oh, Deathstroke's God, costume the in color general? Color coding is wrong. There's, oh God! The balance of orange and blue is incorrect. <laughs> well, you can say that about but you can say that about everything on that Titan show. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, I God. mean, except for Hawk and Dove. Hawk and Dove are pretty. Yeah, oh, spot those on. are those are spot on. Those are spot on. I mean, but I think it's universally on. agreed that those two are the best parts of that show. Period. Amen to that. No, Jason Todd is. Uh, no, I, Hawk and Dove all the way. I will take a Hawk and Dove show. Like in two episodes, and those are the two best episodes of the whole first season. That's right. <laughs> and the amount of time they're actually together on screen, it, it, they're great. Okay, you guys are you guys are all smoking crack today, uh, or right as that's yep. called. No, well, right. <laughs> so that's twice. Um, yeah, Jason Todd. I wasn't with you on that first one, but I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, good. You guys can sync together. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, so Deathstroke's getting trolled. You guys should leave Deathstroke alone. I mean, Titan season two is looking pretty pretty sweet so far. I thought it was weird that they showed Deathstroke's daughter on the poster, but not his son. Poor Jericho. Poor Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. But truthfully, no one cares about Jericho. <laughs> All right. And as a final section of our news flash today, uh, we had some quick updates that seemed a lot more important when we first did this show. <laughs> uh, the first one was, these are updates that I had to revisit because in our last episode, if you can't tell, sometimes the timing between when things happen and when we record gets a little funny. Uh, and so sometimes we can end up... Oh with egg on our face in a lot of ways because just because of timing. Like, it almost happened today. We walked in here and almost missed out on the biggest news of the week so far, but luckily we caught it. Now, on the last episode, we did not catch two things. <laughs> First, we talked about, uh, I did my rant and rave last episode about Krypton Season 2 and how much I liked it and how great it was, how exciting it was for the setup for Season 3, where I begged and pleaded <laughs> for people to support the show so that Season 3 would, you know, be guaranteed to happen. That and it's like, so hard. no sooner did we get out of here. I think the phrase even... you said was, you didn't want it to get deadly classed. Yeah. <laughs> I did not want it to get deadly classed. And as soon uh. as we walked out of here, before we even pushed the upload button on the podcast, Sci-Fi canceled Krypton. <laughs> so, you know, this is a non-cursing podcast, but if you can imagine, there's just like a word with a lot of U's in the middle. He was very upset. At, as that. someone who did not get to sit in on that podcast and having listened to it over the weekend, your enthusiasm for wanting Krypton to continue was still incredibly valid. It was infectious, too. It was. I left that show almost going like, man, I need to dive back into Krypton. <laughs> yeah, well, you should, just for posterity. But yeah, I mean, we were going to get Hawkman, the Hawk fan, uh, fan and guard. We are going to get the Mega Men. There was going to be a big war. Dude, 
Brainiac was headed to Earth with Jor-El to give him Superman powers as a young kid. Like, it was nuts. Part, of me, part of me thinks that this was not sci-fi's decision. Probably not. In, when, you, you, when you're talking about the impending streaming wars that are upon us, this feels like something where they potentially wanted to get let the the rights the you know the whatever streaming rights that they may have given sci-fi for seasons 1 and 2 lapse so they can put it right back onto HBO Max or DC Universe and potentially continue it from there. Yeah, I mean I can't imagine they would leave especially a Lobo spin-off well, that's, on the table. And the Lobo actor even teased that, right? Kind of that like there's something else in the offing, so Yeah. Um you know, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, DC, I mean, it could be marshalling forces for HBO Max. And that's the hope with Krypton fans, because, I mean, the show was really good and mm -hmm. really well done. And just it's it's just annoying. I mean, sci fi. I mean, I tweeted out that, you know, I feel like sci fi canceled itself because between canceling, no, it's got Krypton, nothing. canceling Deadly Class, canceling Happy and the shows that are already aging out. On Wasn't there, The Expanse like on sci-fi? Jane, whatever. Are they Van Helsing too? Is yeah, Van yeah. Helsing is, I mean, those are all aging out. Winona Earp, yeah. 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 Winona Earp, like, so I mean, sci-fi kind of canceled itself. For a minute there, you were brief destination for comic book They had TV. a lot of cool shows. Yeah, uh, and you just canceled them all, so. That's all. Congrats. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, moving right along, the other thing I said that I ended up with my foot in my mouth was, we did a whole piece uh, about the rumor that Obi-Wan Kenobi was getting some kind of new project and that it was going to be announced soon, and we were hoping, and we had this big theory about D23 dropping this Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan reveal, and then as soon as we got out of here, they just said, yep. <laughs> like, literally, as soon as we walked out of here last time, yeah. they were like, yep. It'll be one. It's not your foot in your mouth, though. It's not like you said they'll never do to it. To be fair, Disney did. didn't say. It. Well, it just yeah. sounds like a, it just do. sounded like kind of an asshole, like up here, like no, you're fine. <laughs> sitting here, like oh, you can't know. Let's do a D23. They'll reveal it, and then they're like, <laughs> no, they'll reveal it now. So, yes, we're getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, series for Disney live action, and I can't Yay. be more psyched for that. So We'll probably get a reveal at D23. Yeah, yeah. see? So you're Great. partially right. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for our news flash. Stay tuned, because when we come back, we are going to deep dive into this whole Disney, Sony, Spider-Man fiasco, and Matt is going to take us through the new big comics of the week, so be sure to stay tuned. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. All right, so the love affair is over. Soon as before we walked in here, Disney, uh, well, Marvel Studios and Sony, you know, they changed the world. They made us believe in something when it was announced that they were like the first two big studios to finally sit down and play nice by sharing their toys. Sony was going to share Spider Man with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel was going to help Sony get its Spider Man movies right. It was a win win, it benefited everybody ultimately. 
And we were like, look at this synergy. Look at everybody playing nicely together. Well, bruh. Since then, I mean, there were always little hiccups about, like, what was going on in this relationship. You know, Brandon Davis came in here and antagonized the situation. I blame him for a lot of this, for <laughs> screaming Venom about thing. Venom. I'm not watching Venom. <laughs> if it's not MCU, you know. Man, you can't send that kid to enough Hawaii hotels to chill out. But, <laughs> like, coming back into this, we didn't know, like, where the line was going to be, how they were going to share, and how far that was going to go. But now it's all dissolved. And the reasons why that are coming out initially is that Disney came, you know, Disney isn't Marvel Studios. Like, Disney's a mm -hmm. much different beast. I mean, they, they're owned by it, but it's not the same playbook. Mm -hmm. Much different beast. So they came to Sony and they were like, look, you're making big money off these Spider-Man movies? <laughs> we want to co-finance the one. We're going to put up money so we get money out of this. And Sony reportedly was like, no deal! And then just walked like, away Like, no, thanks, we good. And was like, nope, we don't want to share our money. We're making this billion dollars off Spider-Man now. We're not sharing that guap. And they were like... Well, what are you going to do? If you don't, we're not going to help you. And they're like, we, the Bulls, can win without Michael Jordan. We will still take the championship. Watch us. And oh, now man. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm, that, <laughs> I'm exactly what you just did, which is that gif of the guy from the oh. rap battle where he looks at the camera and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, because, yeah, I don't know. The confidence hurts. I don't know. <laughs> well, I hope Tom Holland enjoyed playing Spider-Man. Oh, that's what I said. <laughs> I said he's just sitting down there thinking he has the world. It is, he's like at some cafe in London, and a Sony van just rolled up, and they black bagged him and just dragged him <laughs> off. They're like, you're ours. Uh, Here, here's what the, the an interesting part of this and, is. Oh, and side note, I also said in the show notes, uh, I also pointed out that today's Andrew Garfield's birthday, I believe, and I feel like he made one wish over those candles. <laughs> it's so petty, it up. but I love it. And he's like, "Well, now you know how it feels when you're just a when you're just a Sony Spider-Man." It, it's so it's interesting because. This, oh, we should, oh, wait, before we get into it, we should say right now the report is that there's two more Spider-Man movies right. on the horizon at Sony with Tom Holland and director and John, John Watts. Watts. And that Kevin Feige and Marvel will not be helping with these next two. Right. And so what I was going to say was when this whole thing first happened, uh, we were told, you know, and Feige has said this, and Mamie Pascal has said this, that Watts and Tom Holland are going to be, like, those Spider-Man movies will be a trilogy. Uh, and it's interesting to see the, this report come out saying that there are now two more movies. I imagine it was, well, look at all the money we made. Let's yeah. see if we can get one more. But it was also interesting, too, because before they announced the uh, Far From Home as a thing that was happening, John Watts was being very coy, being like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm coming back. And But now to, to know that like Sony had this plan for him to come and do four movies is, is kind of insane, but also makes you think if Sony is now going to be this, uh, like, you know, we got it, thanks, Marvel, are they going to totally shoot themselves in the foot and start picking up some plot threads that they left behind in... Uh, like with their Sinister Six movie that they, you know, that's on again, off yeah. again, and all that stuff that came out during God. the Sony leaks. Like, is this oh, black? Yeah, that was yeah black black. which actually sounded good. That was the best sounding one of the group that they had released. Yeah. Uh, but oh, yes, man. I I hope not. 
but I don't have the confidence. Universe, but I don't have the confidence in them. But, that what they this, but what this goes to show, and there were a lot of people who were like, "Marvel's got control. Marvel's got control." Marvel never had control. Who said Marvel had control? Like there were, you know, all your internet pundits or whatever. Everyone was all like. Marvel, Marvel has control of Spider-Man, whatever, you know, Sony has to do whatever Marvel says. Sony was always in the driver's seat. They owned in, in the driver's the, seat. Yeah, they own the they rights. They never gave it back. They, they were yeah. never gonna give it back. They were kind enough to let Marvel come play. Which I think Avia worked Rob out for everybody. Never given up. <laughs> no. Which worked out He's for everybody. He's gonna die with those Spider-Man, those ten Spider-Man rings. <laughs> but I don't understand how anyone looked at that situation and said, "Oh yeah, Marvel has those." Like, well, no, spend that enough was enough time point. on Twitter, you'll understand that nobody understands it. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> that's very fair. They, people, people have their own narratives going on. Twitter. I mean, this does mean that <laughs> the whole question of Venom. Spider-Man, oh, that takes that barricade out, right? No, because MCU now Sony can do whatever Venom. it wants. Well, and right, but I think the, the where it gets really sticky and hairy is Tom Holland's Spider-Man and those first two movies solidly take place in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Yep. So now it's just going to be a wall. <laughs> He's just and gone. We just sat here and talked about how far from home, how shocked we were of how much MCU heavy lifting was put on far from home. And like the level of trust that showed between Marvel and Sony, and it's like, yeah, you wove him into being the next Iron Man. It's yeah, like, but that's the thing too, is where I think like Sony bad. is just like, you guys just killed Iron Man, and uh, well, you know, we had him as a big guest uh, star, so we really have no use for Marvel Studios anymore because I mean, you guys is, killed Iron Man. This is like one of those things where, like, if I'm if I'm Marvel, I feel like I'm a little pissed. Oh, right? I'm like really pissed because of that thing. One. We just went through this whole movie to bring Spider-Man back. We should have left him dead. We should have just let him go. We brought him back, gave him this huge sentimental moment. We send off Tony Stark. We now make this whole thing about like legacy. And now you leave? Like, that's that's a little cold. Like, that's tell, you a what, little cold. tell you what, though, now it now it opens the doors for uh Ironheart and and all. Oh that. yeah, they're going in overdrive, right? All those yep. like young Heroes like screw it. Now we don't have yeah, Peter. I was like, yep, we don't need Peter. Of course, anymore. that means I won't ever get my. Yeah, as soon as we walk out of here, MCU Marvel announces Young movie. Avengers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I won't ever get my Spider Woman out, MCU the, movie now out though. The week that really blows. Spider Man three, like yeah, Young Avengers, like yeah. Though with Sony's decision making, maybe I'll get a cardiac. Yeah, I mean, but so <laughs> but, but I mean, but, this is beyond crazy. Like, I don't there even is so know. So much sloppy stuff to clean up. Right. Like, what are we gonna do? We're gonna now start Midtown. Midtown Science has finally stopped circulating the Captain America video. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot Peter of Parker that stuff. Peter Parker stopped checking that. YouTube, there's a VHS YouTube. burning. Yeah. YouTube <laughs> flagged him and took down all his Civil War videos. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, Peter, I just should you call that other team? No, that other team that isn't is, answering their phone. That's the one thing I am curious about from the MCU how side. How do you navigate see how that? They, how, who's the first one that does that? That takes a little like, oh, do you remember some guy, Legal? Like, oh, yeah, I remember him. You know, like whatever. I'm I'm curious to see which one it is. To me, I mean, I would love to see what Gunn does with that, you yeah. know, type of but thing. But I mean, I mean, fortunately, I mean, on the MCU side, Spider-Man has been fairly self-contained, right? Mm -hmm. He's only really interacted with the Iron Man characters. Theoretically, we're not gonna really see much of those characters anymore uh, for the foreseeable future. So well, the, he interacted with Doctor Strange, the Guardians. Yeah, I, sure, but yeah. Not, in a, not in any real meaningful no. way that it would disrupt any ongoing story narrative that the MCU has. I don't know how you do a third Spider-Man movie well, without... Guys, coming this fall is going to be a new Spider-Man character launched by Marvel Comics, wholly owned by <laughs> Marvel Studios, <laughs> who will be making his, her, or... 
its debut in the new MCU Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I don't. Like I said, I don't know. But I don't know how you do a third Spider-Man movie that is divorced <laughs> from the MCU or continue on with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Why? Because because then if you have him cro- do a, a crossover with Venom or whatever, yeah. I mean, then you're crossing I, wires and saying, well, "Well, now Venom's in the MCU." No, no, stop, stop. We're okay, not doing whoa, MCU. wait, wait. These, but, that, but these <laughs> movies head, take place in the MCU. Those two, but now they don't, and so they're. Li- I imagine. How do you? How do you get away from that? There's. It's they're still Queens. Have to. They can't use We've never the seen, things. I mean, MCU San Francisco isn't around that much. It's a big place. <laughs> we've never. I mean, to be fair, we've never really seen this play out. So I mean, this is all unknown territory. Same way Netflix shows. You're took just place gonna. In the MCU. You're just gonna. They're gonna walk past it and go, yep. "Oh, hey, here we go," and look forward and just hope. You don't pay attention to the sides. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like Sony will will draft off a win when they do inevitable Venom crossover because until, I mean, it's not like Marvel can make a Venom movie. No, right? So they're gonna get like, oh yeah, that Tom Holland he's in the MCU. Venom's now in the MCU, and we don't have to answer to Kevin Feige. Yeah, they can put Venom in everything. They Dude, want. you're gonna see Venom and Spider Man. Let me just settle this for you. Next movie, you're gonna see Spider Man and Venom take on Carnage. <laughs> and the third movie, after a loose friendship, they're gonna have to take on the Sinister. They're gonna have to take on the Sinister Six. And there you go. Can I just say, With, I am, they're gonna have to recruit help from Black and Silver. I am silver actually excited <laughs> to see their take on Anti Venom. I love that character so yeah, much. Yeah, so. you're not gonna get that for another like 40 years. Uh, or now. Or, or yeah, now. thank you. Three years. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> When it's just maximum venom, like yeah, they're gonna throw every one of those characters yep. out out there. I mean, it's Sony. You've seen what they've done. They probably are. <laughs> They'll make a lizard come back. Or well, I, oh, I, I guess that rules out the Oscorp building in the. We MCU, get a beetle. Right? Oh, <laughs> goodbye Oscorp. <laughs> goodbye Goblin. Goodbye Thunderbolts. Looks, looks goodbye like, Dark Rain. Yep. I goodbye guess to that. Uh, I guess that means it's the Baxter building in the this MCU the now. End. <laughs> I think you can still get Dark Rain. They'll just sub out Norman Osborn for somebody else. Uh, I know, I get it, but I just—it's bummer to me too because I love what this. Who are you with? The Mandarin will be. Dark You're fine. Oh, the There's Mandarin enough people to MCU. It's just can the Mandarin. Up. All right. They're so Mandarin's Dark Rain. Yay! Another way this business, another asterisk in this dirty little business of filmmaking. So I mean, all in all, this sucks. So all right, it's let's just move crazy because I remember, I remember the moment when they made the agreement. That's what I said. So I started out. We all were mind blown, <laughs> mind blown that they could was, play. Do you remember where you? Were? I remember. I was in bed. I was lying I was in bed. Toast. And my phone was blowing up, and I was like, "What in the blue hell?" And I roll over, I look at my phone, and and we're uh, what it wasn't Slack at the time, but whatever the hell it was, it was just like Spider Man. It's Spider Man. I was just like, "What?" And now it's all over. Life comes at you fast, man. I mean, I think, like, in the end, I think just, I think it boils down to Amy Pascal just can't that was accept a move. That, that was just she's a not as great flex. as her little understudy, Kevin Feige, who's grown <laughs> into the king of Hollywood. So how, so, okay, so that was what year? Four years ago. That was like 14, oh, 15, something like that. Didn't yeah. last as long as Jamie Foxx. It was, it was right, I mean, it was before <laughs> Civil War. Yeah. So, like, yeah, Civil yeah. War was 2016, so it was about 14, yeah. late 14, early 15, something like that. So, all right, RIP MCU Spider-Man. We'll yeah. have the memories. I mean, but hey, Spidey Venom, it's coming at you. God. I feel like we just get like, excited. I feel like we've we briefly stepped. Here's the crazy thing: that move- Spider Verse, and now we just landed right back in the Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> but here's the thing, though: like when they do this inevitable Spider-Man Venom, that movie is going to make so oh, yeah. much money. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's I mean, going. Venom Two is going to make money. 
It's going to. I mean, that's what everybody said and about Batman v Superman too, and, and that didn't Venom. make everything as Spider-Man much as they Venom. wanted. To. I mean, since we're we should throw some Spider Man plus Venom, Maximum Carnage. Yep. You know, like mm-hmm. just let's do it. Whatever. That's all we got left. All right. So on that happy note, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Take us back into the realm of fantasy. Tell us what's coming out in comics this week. Uh, We're a place where things are still mostly pure. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, speaking of uh, Carnage, right? So there is a new book that is uh, a, it's a Deadpool book for Carnage that I didn't think would be any good. And then evidently Charlie read it and said it was fantastic. It, it's great. Yes. And it is yeah. gory. It has got a nice big parental advisory uh, slug on the front cover. It is better than it has any right to be. That's I feel like that's a lot of these carnage tie-ins. So far, I haven't read one mm-hmm. that's been a complete turd. Like mm-hmm. just like, oh, this is didn't need to be printed. Like so far, I've been surprised at how even the the ones that are just okay, they've been solid. They've been good books. I never regretted giving my time. So that's actually surprised me. Uh, plus, I'm very much excited for the next issue of that core series. Uh, another book that uh, is coming in hot is Powers of X. Number three, now, of course, you might think if you've been listening to past shows that should be House of X, number three, but there's a weird change in the, yeah, so there's a change, so this week is going to double up. I feel like this is something significant for the book. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. We'll look back in three issues. doing like a weird Mobius strip type deal here. And we'll go, these all match up to this puzzle on the door, and this this is crazy, but uh, just as a tease for we will break this book down in detail. Uh, I believe well, later this, episode, yeah, on the next episode. On the episode. And uh, there's a lot to break down here. So look forward for that because we'll go into full spoilers and everything yeah. then. We had a lot happen before we walked in here. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, for those who are looking for uh, a new or an entryway uh, to discover Captain Marvel, uh, IDW's uh, kind of Marvel children's line, as it were, their kind of young readers line, uh, is doing, they do Marvel action Avengers books. And they also just are debuting one this week that is all about Captain Marvel. If you are a fan of Flurkins, Chewie, or Spider Woman, this book has everything. This book was made for me. Wow. <laughs> this book Almost is made like for Matt me. Matt wrote the book. It really is. Uh, and you can see all our reviews for these books will be up, by the finally way, today as well. Finally putting your Captain Marvel fanfic to good use. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, to move over to some DC, uh, Batman number 77. Uh, we're kind of near. You're reading DC? Oh, books? yeah. I read DC all the time. Uh, Batman 77, we're kind of starting to near the end of Tom King's Batman run. Uh, this issue had me like. Because like, we're not going to go in the spoiler territory, I guess. I mean, we can. We can. Okay. So Spoiler warning. Spoiler, spoiler from here warning. on. I haven't spoiled anything. But, spoiler alert. But as you know, the the Batman that is currently like Bruce is hurt and recovering. So it's like the Batman from the Flashpoint universe. Thomas Wayne Batman. Thomas Wayne Batman is the Batman here. He hurt Batman, and now Bane runs everything. His Robin is Gotham Girl from the very first. Which, by the way, they've they've done a really great job with her. Um, But, you know, the reason that Bane is able to keep all the heroes out of Gotham is that he's held Alfred hostage this entire time. And so Damian Wayne goes and gets in. He's able to take down Gotham Girl in a a great way, actually. It's just, I I love Damian Wayne. I'm starting to really love that character. Uh, But then uh, he gets more than he bargained for, and... Bane just straight up snaps Alfred's neck. And it's like, it is a point of like, he makes Damien watch. And like, it's a cruel, (laughs) screwed up moment. And I was actually like, oh my God, there's no way, right? Like he's not like, I mean, we could get back next issue and it's like some hologram or whatever, Mm. but 
it left an impression. Like, it was really yeah. good and powerful. So give that issue a read. It's actually been I've really liked this last arc. I've had a bit. Uh, I had a bit of an issue with with that issue mainly because I think Damien is smarter th smarter than that, and so I don't feel like he would have necessarily done that. But again, that's well. See, I like how at the beginning oh they have my, him I'm get the, the wand. They have him take down Gotham Girl. But then I agree. I was waiting for that thing of like, okay, you knew you would be running into him. Right. How are you not? Because it's a straight up fight. Like it's a melee fight. So mm -hmm. it's not like he pulls out anything in particular. I'm like, how do you not know? Like there's got to be something else to that. Yeah. But I hope they do. Otherwise, it does feel like that. But it feels like they do that with Damien a lot. Like they'll make him really smart until the plot dictates that <laughs> he, they need him he here. He can't be smart. Yeah, and then they're like, well, no, you got to be stupid. His, also, his fatal flaw is he's so smart, but he's also he's arrogant, tragically arrogant, yeah. and always screws things up because of that. Uh, well, and that's so. One of the other DC books uh, this week is Teen Titans. This is, uh, I've really loved this series. Damien is also leading this team somehow at the same time because <laughs> comics timelines. Uh, but hey, the X Men's only been 10 years long. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, so this is actually really interesting because they go into some uh, kind of identity crisis territory uh, with this. Uh, if you remember, like Identity Crisis like, had them screwing up. We're, people's minds and memories and kind of making them forget certain things and whatever. We dip into that territory here. Uh, but the, what they do with it, it's not that they just do it. It's what they decide to do after the fact. And it's kind of this weird rehabilitation thing that they have for villains. It's really interesting. It's also going to be really interesting to see it all blow up in their face, mm -hmm. which you can also see the traces of. And then you have this weird Lobo storyline because Crush is his daughter that's kind of hovering out there. It's also really interesting. So there's a lot happening in this book. And it's kind of dark for a Teen Titans story, but it's really interesting. Like, I've been really impressed with what they've done. Uh, also, Black Mask number one is a one-shot. It's kind of DC's Year of the Villains. Uh, this was big because of what they do to Black Mask. It's like, Black Mask is, is interesting as a like a premise, but there's not, for me anyway, there's never been much beyond the surface there. It's mostly just been a <laughs> Yeah. This actually, uh, Luther essentially gives him the ability to change his face. Hmm. Uh, so he can have any, like he can take someone's identity and the mask is still underneath, but he essentially like takes on their life and persona. So like it has him, like essentially Luther's like, you've been a crime boss for how long? And you know, you've run this place like twice. And he even says like, I was worth $500 million once. And Luther's just like laughs in his face. Like, are you serious? And so he ends up like taking the place of like high uh, ranking like CEOs of giant companies that have all this pool in other countries. And it gives him the ability to kind of go out and really be something different than just this little mob boss guy. Uh, so it's really interesting. Uh, also, if there, if you read any book, Excellence by uh, from Image is fantastic. It's like this weird, uh, there's like this really interesting family dynamic between someone, uh, this boy with like expectations and it's got his his grandmother died but because this world is based in magic and you can there's all these strict rules as to how you can use magic he's like able to get her out of um like she's she's suffering essentially from like dementia mm -hmm. but because he's using magic in an unlawful way he's able to bring her out for small glimpses and bring that person back and so you have him talking to her in secret while this overarching thing with like his father and and the magic users is happening so it's this weird like harry potter giant magic thing but then you have this like really personal interesting family dynamic on the other side. It's excellent. It's been a great series so far. Four comes out this week, so definitely check that out. Uh, for Marvel people, also Ghost Spider number one 
If you're a fan of Spider-Man characters, you can still read them in the Marvel comics. Also known as Spider-Gwen. Yeah, which I hate that name. Go Spider. <laughs> I don't know why they changed it. Um, well, I do know why they changed yeah, you it. Spider-Gwen just gives away the whole farm if you're trying to keep a secret. Identity. Well, but then they own it. Right. <laughs> they don't have to share. <laughs> uh, Valkyrie number two is also out. Uh, and then if you are looking for a trade paperback, I would very much recommend Meet the Scrolls, which is the entire five issues uh, is in trade. And it is an excellent series. Like I did not expect anything when I picked up that book. And it's been great. So out in trade, you should read it. All right, that'll do it for this week in comics and for our show as a whole. If you are just jumping into this Comic Book Nation podcast... We put up new, I almost said, I almost reverted, I keep almost reverting lately to like saying my old show name. And like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what, because I saw the blip of like, oh, I messed up. I was like, you didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I caught myself right there. I was just like, uh. if you're just jumping into the Comic Book Nation podcast, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com where you can subscribe to our RSS feed or you can subscribe on your favorite listening platform. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist, or you can tell any Amazon Alexa device, play Comic Book Nation podcast and it'll fire right up for you. If you want to continue the discussion of anything we've been talking about today, you can always hit us up at the hashtag Comic Book Nation or you can find us individually on uh, social media. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I am Matt Aguilar CB. And at Jim Viscardi. And if you love the show and want to give us a positive review, go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And if we read it on air, which we do read reviews periodically on the air, we will send you a Comic Book Nation t-shirt within about two to four weeks. Yep. So just, I, uh, just got, I just got the envelopes in. So now oh. shirts are going into envelopes. Labels are going onto the envelopes. And they are on their way out. Shirts are coming. Which means Kovic can read 20 more next show. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been waiting. i got to make sure yeah. poor, poor producer Jim Smith Garden. We were, we were waiting on some envelopes, and uh, they People are waiting for their T-shirts. They want that swag. I want to give them the swag. Yeah, I don't we, want we them sitting in, the, sitting in the office. Yeah. yeah, we love free promotion. So we will get those shirts out to you. No worries. Otherwise, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We hope to see you back next episode, uh, and uh, we'll see you then. Deuces. Later. <laughs>